0: Hello, my name is Imani Speak. My show is on Sunday between ten and one AM, and I have some phenomenal guests for you. So make sure you join me and don't go anywhere else. Hi, hi, Kwame, how are you?
1: You no, bad, Thank you very much.
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, I'm so glad, I'm so honoured to have you back on the show. You have been on the Imani Speak show several times, and um, you know, it's wonderful to have you back. Um, Is it possible, Kwame, for you to just share a little bit about your background and what you do?
1: Sure. So I'm a, a counsellor, psychotherapist, um, working in private practice, um, based in South London. <laughs> Anything else you want to know? About? <laughs> Anything else you want to know?
0: Yes. Um. Just what you know? What got you started in this field? Because you know, it's. It's it's diff- It's not the usual. But what what got you started?
1: Um, it was I literally fell into it by by, by chance. Really, um, it's been I've been practicing over ten years now, and um, my journey started by kind of just doing a, an intro course and just really um, enjoying it, getting good feedback, and then also through my personal experience of being being in, being in therapy. Mm-hmm. I realised the value of it and it kind of it spurred me on to want to share that with, with the wider community.
0: Right. So, I mean, I know you work with people all over the, the community with, you know, from all yeah. different backgrounds. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about, I know you, we're going to talk about paper today um, or what we're going to talk about is going to be based on paper by... Elaine Arnold, yeah, and
1: we're also yeah, going to talk about yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say it's, it's a it's a joint information sheet um, put together by by myself and Dr. Elaine Arnold, oh. um, and and the aim was was to really this dis- kind of share uh, a high level um, kind of um, sorry just start again. It's for us to kind of share a very um, at a high level perspective as to some of some of the dynamics that are taking place within a community that people may not be um mm-hmm. too aware about mm-hmm. so but, but we felt that rather than because she has written a book um published many many years ago which is which, which was called working with families of Afri- african caribbean origin and um and she kind of goes into things in depth but we thought that this is something that would, would be more accessible to the wider community
0: yeah fantastic I mean, you know, one of the reasons why I love doing shows with you is because, you know, this work is so important and um, you know, when we've talked in the past, you've explained how from the very early ages, you know, how, you know, we get imprinted and yes. um, you know, it has a it has a, a massive effect on who we become as adults. Yes, yeah. So, um and that's that seems that seems to be the core of your work and really remedying or, or trying to remedy the, you know, the issues that may have started way back in the early days of someone's life and yeah. where they find themselves today. So what, yes. I, what I wanted to do, um, Kwame, is um, just go through, um, just look at different you know, cross sections of the community. So if we looked at, say, young people uh, that you come across, what yeah. seems to, in our community, what would you say seems to be the main thing that comes into play that you notice as you know a pattern that you notice that keeps you keep finding coming across with the children or younger people
1: yeah so with the younger people that i've i've worked with personally um it, its isn't you've got the the life experiences of basically being a teenager going through puberty and then you've got the wider um family dynamics of maybe um let's say not 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 in a, a cohesive two-parent family uh, there might be aspects of dealing with co-parenting um there might be aspects of kind of peer pressure uh wider community stuff um whether it's kind of uh, unhealthy behaviors youth violence um other other, other aspects of it. it would just be i think the common thing also i've, I've experienced Woking people is, is essentially some children who are dealing with parents who are not in a, um, a two-parent family. So you might have a, dealing with issues of co-parenting, plus dealing with puberty, dealing with just the life challenges of becoming an, an adult, plus the complexities of family life um, and sometimes some racial aspects of it as well. <laughs>
0: And then, you know, um, I, what I'd like you to, you know, and how does your part, you know, what you bring, you know, when they come to you, because obviously, yeah. um, sometimes are they sent to you via maybe the school or a, practice, a doctor, a GP or something, or the, the family decides, you know, they need some help and they come to you because I, I know obviously you've got um, things that you do, workshops or how, you know, how you, you can't counsel people one-to-one yeah. and workshops and groups that you do so by you know what what are you looking for what are you looking to do for them by the time they get to your office
1: okay so my because of I work in private practice the my source of referral tends to be self it tends to be self-referral or okay. um it will be self-referral by particularly if an adult if they're a younger person then it might be a parent or a family member who is seeking support for on, on seeking support for them, and um, sometimes they might have gone through to the to the um, NHS. They might have had school a uh, school school counsellors, and they and they've still wanted ex, extra support or maybe racially sensitive support as well. Mm-hmm. So they will they will seek me out, and then we'll we we'll, we'll have a we we'll create a contract and create a working a working arrangement. Um, for me, essentially, it's not to dictate. What we deal with but essentially it's about meeting um, meeting a client where they are um, and responding to what their actual needs are. So, if they've got anxiety, if they've got depression. Um, it's trying to help them to process and to think about how 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 they're feeling and and what's what's going on behind it. So, um, sometimes if depending on the age of the. Younger person that we, that that I might be working with, it might just be um, a space to and a space to offload, a space to make sense of why people are doing what they do around them, um, and helping to put things in into context. Sometimes they may not have a space to, or or a relationship where they can ask certain questions or um, or kind of kind of think out loud. Uh, so it's really it's really about being attuned into what the actual person needs. Um, in the moment rather than assuming that this is what is is going to be best for them Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah so you're you're working together with them to um deal with any mental emotional because I, i think as well you know especially in our community there's always been some sort of you know shy not feeling not very comfortable looking at the mind health or the mental emotion or just saying mental health people start cringing and thinking oh my god you know they're thinking of a full-blown schizophrenic person exactly and um really what you're saying even something like anxiety or bereavement or you know um feeling depressed about something momentarily you know still comes under the umbrella of taking care of your your mental uh, and emotional health. Definitely. Um, Yeah, so, you know, as, so families, would you say then, would you say that from your perspective, it's it may not be something that is given out to us as um, an important thing in society, but would you say that for people, it would be a good idea to, you know, have someone like you, um, you know, just there as a support For this area of our lives, especially in the 21st century where there's so much coming at us. I don't know if you'd agree with that. We just have so much coming at us. So would you think that it's something that is going to be more accessible to people as time goes on?
1: It is. It is becoming more accessible, um, depending on the on the age group. With the use of technology, in terms of for younger people, there's more um, this more online based. In terms of instant messaging platforms, where they are trying to make it more accessible, so that people can access uh, support um, at at a kind of literally 24/7, um, if not. If not within certain windows of time, <laughs> um, obviously you've got um, therapists who might work online in terms of um, using video technology. Some some therapists might do telephone counselling. Um, so I think the field is broadened out to make it more accessible. Mm-hmm. Personally, for me, is I think having a relational, um, dependent on the on the on the. On the the issues that are being dealt with, Mm -hmm. I always advocate doing kind of personal one-to-one therapy rather than, um, but, but obviously we know that sometimes um, you may not have a therapist that is successful to you. You may not be able, to, in terms of your time and your work, work work demands, but if possible, it's always best to work with somebody um, face to face, one to one, mm-hmm. um, to to kind of get the real um, meet kind of, kind of to, to kind of get into the work. Um, it, it, it tends to be better if it's if it's a relational e- experience, um, and. Aside from that, is is I think I think there is um, it's becoming more accessible in terms of more particularly more black men, more more black women training to become therapists. Um, I think I think that's always something that makes it more makes it more accessible, makes it more inviting. Mm -hmm. If you see if you see people who look like you. On the other side of the of the chair, as 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 they say, so I think it's definitely it's definitely something that is uh, is increasing. I think in terms of training and um, more um, black and particularly more black and Asian people becoming therapists,
0: which um, sounds like a really good thing. um, You know, to me, like you said, you know, it's so important to feel that the other person, you know, kind of may have some idea of what you're going through and. Um, maybe just be able to use a language. Um, and I don't yeah. mean like a language, language, but just being able to be more relaxed. Um, yes, you know, in that in that setting, you know. Um, so we are going to we are going to talk about the the paper you've written with Elaine Arnold and what Windrush and how you know the mental emotional health of you know that passes down right from you know, people coming over here all those years ago to where we yeah. are today. Um, but what I'd also like to just ask you, trauma, you know, how would you define trauma? Because um, trauma's been, you know, um, certainly we talk about slavery and that's still been around, but also there's relationship yeah. trauma and, yeah. you know, bereavement, you know, all these things that leave, uh, you know, leave, per- leave people... In a state that can, you know, they can be stayed, you know, in that state for quite a long time. And how does this type of therapy get people, you know, to start moving out of these traumatic, you know, states?
1: It's that. I mean, that is um, the the million dollar question. <laughs> is, is how, it, it, but it's. I think that's when like trauma is a very. Um, It's a very, it can be very complex and the imprint of trauma can be very complex Mm -hmm. and therefore it requires, um, it says long-term work. It's not something that can be done in in six sessions or 12 sessions, Quite often depending on the nature of the experience, we're talking a year, two years, is like like a, a few years of work because quite often if there's trauma, there's been aspects of, um, experiences of betrayal, experiences of abandonment, um, like trust is a massive it can be a massive issue. Um, and having the it takes time to to, um, to build up a relationship for someone to potentially to feel safe and secure, to be able to then go into the the pain of the experiences so that it can it can be processed and to it can be worked through. So the 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 trauma work is very it needs needs very um sensitive approach and 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 it needs time for for the work to to unfold as well
0: Mm -hmm. you know um people coming to a self-referral you know and and as you just mentioned there just you know things like betrayal abandonment a lot of people wouldn't really associate that with trauma how do people Mm -hmm. how will people Going to be able to self assess that? You know, do you feel that people can self assess themselves and say, you know what, I've gone through this thing and you know, I really do need long term therapy, or do you feel again that's something that people, we you know, as society, we need to be educated for people to know wh- what they need and when they need it?
1: It's it is it's both or in terms of people in everyday lives, you you because okay see as a uh, non practitioners you wouldn't necessarily have that professional knowledge you wouldn't have that 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 understanding you may just live your life as 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 being very um having ongoing depression or or ongoing or, or having anxiety so you may come in with um, somebody you might be diagnosed with let's say um like clinical depression somebody may may be maybe diagnosed with o c uh, with uh, obsess- obsessive compulsive disorder so, so they may have they may come in with a, a very specific clinical diagnosis but quite often when you do a thorough assessment then you get to understand what are the some of the the experiences that has, has led to the expression of anxiety of depression so quite often the way that i like to kind of describe um Depression tends to be described as as anger turned inwards, but also the way that I like to describe depression is also is what depression as in what has been repressed, what needs to be expressed often things I've been uh, things I've been held on to mm-hmm. feelings and emotions and experiences I've been held on to in, in terms of when when you work with someone that, that might be um, having an experience of depression so it's what what experiences need to be explored, what what feelings and experiences need to be need to be released and expressed um and so in a way it's, it's it's the what I like to kind of talk about quite often when when I'm doing um events and stuff is we can get bogged down in, in, in language and la- uh, the language of labels. Mm-hmm. So well, these days, quite often, you, you might be hearing like PTSD, you might be hearing OCD, you might be hearing um, borderline personality disorder. You, yeah. might be hear- <laughs> you might be hearing you might be hearing all these clinical terms, but actually, we, when you when you unpack it and you get underneath it, is what it, what are the experiences that have led to this person um, feeling and being this way. 'cause quite often quite often people don't quite often people don't wake up one day with severe, severe um, depression. Mm-hmm. Nobody no nobody apart from maybe somebody that might have an accident and might have a like a brain function men- yeah. um, mental illness, um, most people are it's kind of it's kind of chronic experiences that lead to a person having mental health issues. So is 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 what what are the experiences that are um that that are, that are underneath
0: a person's distress. You know, um, Kwame, it's interesting that you mentioned borderline personality disorder, but, you know, you, again, as well, you hear a lot about, in fact, there's lots of, you know, groups on, say, Facebook with narcist, yeah. narcissism and, and what have yeah, you. Yeah, and yeah. and um, what I've heard is, you know, narcissistic um, tendencies, are you know, people are either born with it or they say something yeah. about you know one parent's got borderline and the other and then they produce you know can you tell us a little bit about that what's that you know how do? what's you know because i know it's something that is being thrown around a lot a lot of people are talking about um these and would you say it's a condition would you say it's something that one is born with or would you say literally what you've just said there that you know experiences create these types of people Mm. or situations in people
1: so like terms like narcissistic personality disorder or, or or personality disorder um those are things that are kind of medically classified as part of um dsm which is the diagnostic statistical manual that psychiatrists use to 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 diagnose um mental m- mental illness mm-hmm. so these are clinical terms but then also stuff like and um, particularly narcissism is something that has been has become um very thrown around in popular culture yes. which is basically popular culture wise is if you if you're seen as self-centered or or, or egotistical um your your label as someone that's quite that's quite narcissistic, like someone like, like like Donald Trump, where basically <laughs> oh, I was very, for very, that, very, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he's very, very self-centered. So there is the terms that are used in popular culture, and there's the terms that are used as as clinical um, medical medical yes. professions. Yes. Yeah, and quite often you have to you have to fulfil certain um, specific criteria to be to be put under a label of let's say, um, narciss- narcissistic personality disorder, um, uh, HGHD, um, So these are all medical terms, but often is it's, it's there is no, uh, there's uh, there there's essentially, there's no actual medical test that can tell you, yes, you are this or that. There's nothing that there's no, um, let's say that, that the, the, there's no blood test that, that, that you can take that will tell yeah. you that you're def- that you'll definitely have this particular mental, mental illness, it tends is, is essentially skilled skilled practitioners particularly psychiatrists who who have been trained over many years uh-huh. who take your your behavior, your, self, behavior. Your, yeah. your your behaviors your self reporting um and, and and using the experience using the clinical experience lay, putting you under a particular category mm-hmm. um so but for us for me as a psychotherapist and counselors we go by okay um depending because of the of the range of spectrum that we we might work on essentially your label aside is what's going on for you so it requires you to have a certain amount of insight to say i I recognize that i have i have these particular difficulties and issues that i need to work through um whilst uh, when we go to the more extreme men people that are maybe more, more mentally ill don't necessarily have the same same level of insight to recognize that they are they, they, they are struggling and and, and they may be things that they are doing that, that is contributing to
0: it. Wow yeah so um, so you know these disorders and what I, what I feel I heard you say was yeah. it all comes down to some of these early things or, or things that are pe- people are harboring that they're not realizing maybe um, you know things that's happened to them that's become a trauma stuck inside which will cause them to behave in this way it's, it's like yeah it's partly
1: it's partly it's, that's why when you do like for me when i do an assessment mm-hmm. you try to get a set a sense of what are the person's life experiences that might have shaped them that might that might, that might help to contextualize um what they're they are what they are going through mm-hmm. so um so quite i mean not so quite often but themes around um, when you say trauma again trauma is just a, it's, it's one word but actually when you unpack it what does that actually mean it could be um, bereavement it could be um, unfortunately it could be different forms of abuse it can be sexual abuse it could be it could be physical abuse um, it could be neglect it could be not feeling love not not getting enough love, love, love and attention which causes low self-esteem which causes low self-worth, um, which then leads to people making poor life life choices over their lifetime. So you've got that aspect of it, um, and re- and recently, childhood trauma has been almost um, re-, de- re redefined as adverse childhood experiences. Um, so it's called ACE and. Um, and it's like a list of ten things that is, say if you've been through, like um, experiences of a parent who also has had mental health issues, a parent um, that's been to prison, um, if you've been if you if you've experienced divorce, so um, for childhood separation, if you've um, experienced abuse, uh, that's one that's one of the the ten things you're more likely to have um, certain physical and mental health difficulties over your lifetime so wow
0: these
1: so these are the things that shows that unresolved trauma is a massive health health issue um and and it affects our health in many many different ways compared more so than we more so than more so than we appreciate because it, it can play out in the things like heart into um blood pressure um kind of all these things heart disease acid, um, so respiratory experiences so there's there's so many aspects of how unresolved trauma plays out expresses itself in our in our physical and mental health
0: yeah it's funny you say that i remember watching one of these um is it tdx tedx and this yes, woman TEDx, yeah. was talking about how you know if you're if your if you come from a divorced you know household or yeah your parents weren't together properly or you yes. know there was poverty or just diff- just things that you know seems yeah. to be like right, you know a lot of people's experience and how it can cut someone's life, you know, span.
1: So, exactly. Yeah,
0: and, um, you know, it was like quite a shock, you know, just mm. how, and so, and how unprepared most people are when starting a family, you know. Yeah. And the fact that all these conditions, all these things have a bearing on how long a person, you know, you know can live. And, and would yeah. you say, um, Kwame, then, that, it is really important for people to plan and take care of their mental health and everything else in between even before you know starting a family because you oh. know with, the, with, with what could you know with basically what people are you know are left with um when there is no planning
1: yes i, I think um it, it kind of going back, i think you going back to a similar question you asked previously is the need, the the Also, there, there's a some people might need explicitly need therapy, but it's also the use of therapy. And I think you've kind of really touched up on a point that I try to advocate as well is that we can use therapy in a very proactive way. So, typically, when when people are, are getting married, they may be encouraged to go and see um, to have premarital marital counselling, mm-hmm. um, and that might be for a few sessions. And and I would I would say probably um, long before you kind of long before you decide to get married if you if you are in a in a committed relationship it'll be again it'd be great to do couple counseling so that um you kind of see you iron out some of the things that might play out later on in your relationship um so I, I think essentially everybody needs to do potentially individual individual therapy just to kind of almost do a, a like a health check, like like a, like a psychological health check, to make sure that like certain things that because sometimes we don't know um, what we how what we've been through is really playing itself out in our lives. Um, so it's always worth having uh, some sort of like a health check from a. Um, just having a therapy for m- maybe even for a ha- handful of sessions just to get a sense of yes everything's. or just to have a space to talk and process and then couple counselling I think definitely for p- anyone that's looking to get married but anyone that's in- is looking to be- to get into a committed relationship as well yeah, just to be in a relationship um, yeah yeah and also and also even embarking on different life stages I think I think it's useful to mm. um that's to have that thing, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: When you get older, but also particularly when people are becoming parents, yes. <laughs> when people are, are thinking about becoming parents, I think it's definitely useful to, again, potentially see um, a therapist just to get a sense of how what how their childhood has impacted them and and how that might, might play a role in how they, they parent their own children. So if you want to break patterns, if you want to break cycles, is it's always as you need to make sure that you are not you, you are not passing not unhealthy attitudes and behaviours to to the next generation. And the other way that you can do that is by doing work on yourself.
0: That's very powerful and um, wow, you know, and you know, touch to go in there with that. And I, and I do totally agree with you. I do feel it is so important, and um, you know, with what we know today, um, that it is important to you know check yourself um, and. As you said, make sure you break that 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 curse, that cycle, yeah. and, and produce healthy, you know, healthy um, young people coming up. What I want yeah. to ask you from that question is: how would you say something like the the DNA of the slavery that was, would be passed down through the generations? How would you say that's that impacts us today? Because You know, a lot of people might say, "Well, that was two hundred years ago, three hundred years
1: ago." Yeah.
0: You know, we we, you know that has no effect. We weren't even there. How does what what do you say about that?
1: It's. I know it's such a. I know that some people like to dismiss it by saying it was it was a long time ago. But we know that it's only for let's say even four, five, six generations, depending on your yeah exactly depending on which um which which country which country which which region of the world you're from um intergenerational trauma there is the the relational aspect of it and the behaviors that come with um kind of survival basically being in survival mode means that you 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 go into adaptive strategies of survival rather than healthy forms of healthy forms of relationships so if you can't if you don't have healthy family units how can you model and and, and display healthy healthy family behaviours mm-hmm. if you've never had that or or, or you've never been allowed to do that. So then, how does it then play out in people having healthy um, relationships with with each other in terms of just living together, having uh, managing conflict, um, just having or being having the idea that this is a permanent. Um, this is a permanent situation this is this is this is actually a relationship that's going to last for 15 20 30 50 60 years um in the, for, for some people but to bring it back to kind of to, to your question is essentially is intergenerational trauma places itself out in terms of how we try how we play out our our unhealthy behavior unhealthy attitudes and 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 if you if if you if you if you haven't had experience of, of um, healthy relationships, how can you how can you how can you model that? That's that's what that's what really comes comes out in in in, tra- in, in 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 intergenerational trauma. On the biological side of it, there's great work we've done on epigenetics, which is basically talks about the how trauma um, reconfigures our our DNA. So so then. We are, let's say, more prone to, um, depending on the stressful conditions, we are more prone to then exhibit and, and play out the trauma, um, even phys- physiologically as well. So yeah. on that level, yeah. there's, anyone is welcome to look up um, epigenetics, particularly mm-hmm. I think um, Dr. Joy grew has been doing some work on that. But there is stuff on out there on, on epigenetics as well, mm-hmm. of trauma um, and how it actually changes our, our DNA. And then in terms of our community, it's really about um, the, the, the cycle of unhealthy behaviours, unhealthy because people are stuck in survival mode as opposed to being in thriving mode.
0: Wow. And I think what I'd like to do is come in on with the paper that you spoke of, because you are writing, am I right in saying that um, this paper has something to do with the young people and um, gun crime and, and what have you? or was that it's,
1: something yeah it's, it's is this, this particular paper is more looking at um the childhood um childhood trauma from from a from family separation point of view so using um the impact using impact of the in the caribbean community particularly of the mm-hmm. the wind era and also within the african community in terms of the the african fostering experiences that happened predominantly oh, yes. back in the 70s 80s and 90s
0: can you tell ta- can you talk us through each of those please and, and just let us know because that's really crucial isn't it Those really important areas so can you talk us through each of those and and just let us know you know what what happened and what your paper is about and you know just the impact sure. it has on our society today
1: sure so in terms of um the paper is really it's as i'll describe it as an information sheet which mm-hmm. just kind of just gives you high level idea as to the dynamics that's caused by childhood trauma and childhood separation, which is quite common when it comes to immigrant communities. So from the um, Caribbean perspective, uh, I use the the Windrush um, experience as a focal point, but we know that the, that the 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 Wind rush it wasn't just about the rain rush but there were people immigrating from the, from from the caribbean before that and also it wasn't just about people people coming over from from jamaica but from all the different islands as well <laughs> um but the idea is that when people were emigrating or coming over to to england quite often it led to family separation it's quite often it led to either um a child being left with either the a mother or the father or been left with a grandparent and auntie mm-hmm. with somebody other than the biological the actual parent um, and it's the legacy and the fact that one of the um signifiers of 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 trauma is childhood separation um is is looking at okay so if this has happened in so many in so many families within our communities what would have been the impact of that how would have how would leaving a child behind or how or have a family separation impact the integrity and of 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 family units um and what's the legacy of that in terms of feelings of potential abandonment rejection anger Um, because some of the stories that i've heard is sometimes um by the time a child comes over from the caribbean the parents might have had other siblings or or they might have had um, another partner and then Is kind of blending those families together wasn't done very 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 well like one day one day one day somebody somebody will hear oh i've got i've got a surprise for you and then they've got a sibling come over from that's been brought over from the caribbean um just there and it's like there's been no warning there's been there's been no preparation of how they're going to blend um the siblings together um and then sometimes if the if the siblings from the caribbean were the older children quite often they were like well you're now basically the head of the family now um so you've so you had those situations where animosity and anger was caused because you've had siblings that come over from the caribbean they're still adjusting culturally everyone's stranger to them, effectively depending on the age that they were when the, the parent or parents left they may not have no actual emotional relationship with that with that parent and then all of a sudden they've been thrown together um, and quite often they've been told you are now basically like looking after your other your, your, your other siblings so they don't necessarily get a, get a chance to be a child right. in the, in, the on, yes. in their own right um also there might be the pain of leaving um who the the the, the, the person who was looking after them who might have been a, grand- a grandmother an auntie or somebody who was who has been, almost become their mother so then there's the pain of that loss of that family set up being the 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 how comfortable they were back home per se coming over to England, dealing with with all the cultural differences and so forth as well. Um, so quite often for, for some families or for some people, there's quite a lot. There's a lot of resentment. There's a lot of um, animosity mm-hmm. that that wasn't that wasn't allowed to be to be processed because we didn't have almost all these. Um, let's say child development um kind of professionals who might say, actually, you know what, you need to you need to plan for this and you need to you need to make sure that the child feels included and you need to do these things. They just they were just thrown back together and then almost like get on with it. So
0: And how how would that impact them then as as an adult? So when they get to, you know, adulthood and they're out there, yeah, they they're starting their own family, how would that impact them, you know, in you know, as they in- grow up?
1: so um first and foremost you've got issues of trust and issues of having healthy relationships so how do you create how do you create and maintain relationships so do you what is your basis for choosing um the right partner for yourself how do you know? How do you know? In terms of your self-esteem, in terms of your attachment experiences, that you are you are making you're making healthy choices, and also what? And if you don't make healthy choices, what's the basis of that? It shows, though, you're not you're not good enough. You don't. If you have low self-esteem, that might then influence the kind of partner that you are drawn to. So therefore, you might you might get into again dissatisfa- dissatisfactory relationships. Um, when you are when you become a parent what's your basis for parenting if you if you haven't if you might not have had great parenting experiences then how then what do you model quite often people do what they know
0: right so repeating the cycle
1: yeah Yeah. um and also if there's quite um again if there's quite a lot of let's say anger um in feelings of anger that they're holding on to is how do they potentially um how does that infuse in, in their parenting and do they become overly disciplinarians do they become that kind of you know, so it's all these things that get, that that might get played out in, in 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 their own parenting um if they've had a very very harsh or very kind of disciplinarian parenting sometimes people might go the other way around so there may be there may be no boundaries rather than too much boundaries so that's not that, that's not believable yeah, because some people might say, "Oh, I don't want to. I don't want my child to, to to go through what I went through." So then, so then they actually go too far the other way as well because they're trying to counter their their life experiences. Wow. Yeah, so,
0: that's massive. My goodness. Yeah. Wow. Because I don't I so don't think the... people. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Um. Yeah. Carry on.
1: Um... Oh, so, Yeah. So so I was saying. So I mean. it... The impacts, in terms of um, immigration on 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 the on the on the various communities, is just the fact that it, these dynamics play itself out in terms of, of of families not necessarily moving as one 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 firm unit, and and so it's, it's, it's what happens as a result of that. How do we deal with separation? How do we deal with coming back together again? Quite often we just think about the separation part, but actually, when 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 families are reunited work needs work still need work even so more so needs to be done as well to bring to bring the family together again because because you've you've, you've dealt with separation so you, you just kind of almost tend to the 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 repairing and the and the and, and the coming together again so it kind of so that's that's the part of it as well that quite often it can, can be overlooked is the fact that okay you're here now and kind of life life goes on mm-hmm. um so but, so in the sense of the Caribbean part of it it was more kind of let's say um, kids either being left behind um, with with somebody and then and then or even if it's a parent but both less not always not all, both parents came together at the same time um, and sometimes some kids were sent back at some point to stay with relatives and then, and then brought back again um, so again that creates separation and loss in that in that in that respect um, from the African, from the African community point of view, I use the foster experiences that happen. Okay, happened.
0: so yeah, this is a, this. Yeah. Is a, this is the, Yeah,
1: so this is a separate issue. This sep- similar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> separate similar. So as a result of again um, the wave of African immigration, particularly in the seventies and eighties, but it started in the fifties, but it was more prevalent and sixties, seventies, eighties, because there was issues with with um, childcare. Um, it resulted in, 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 and particularly Nigerians and and, and Ghanians mm-hmm. um, putting their children in temporary foster care, mm-hmm. which often tended to be in with um, white families outside of London, mm-hmm. um, and it could be for months, years, years at a time. Um, so that again is a massive experience of separation from your from your biological family, and also culturally as well. It's a massive because let's say you're having people who are born and raised in London um, being sent to uh, foster families in like um, Plymouth or Lincolnshire or kind of just the counties. That's the the counties Mm -hmm. essentially. Um, So it's a massive thing of of how do you how how do culturally transculturally how is that how does that work? What kind of impact does it have on them? Um, And also quite often. There might have been long, long periods of time between uh, visits or or between um reunions as well, so again emotionally, there's an attachment to the foster parents mm-hmm. and yes. and then and then. There's, and then at some point there's a there's the child comes back into the biological family and the emotional connections are not there or there's the there is now a conflict now between emotionally i know you are i know let's say you are my parent but mm-hmm. my, my emotional attachment is it's to this person the,
0: yeah with the foster parent
1: exactly right, yeah. particularly, particularly when children were fostered from let's say from months or a few months after their birth oh okay
0: yes so they, there's no bond really Exactly. biological family exactly how has that impacted people growing up what is what impact has that had on on their lives you know as an adult it's
1: again as a result it could be for some people will so say it wasn't it's not always uh, for both experiences of separation it's not always necessarily a traumatic or bad thing <laughs> um it's just the fact that it, it can happen and it has happened so for people that went through the fostering experiences, again, is the fact that there was no emotional bond. There's no, so when you, when you return back to your, let's say your biological birth fam, family and you're meant to kind of get on with it, you don't have that same emotional connection. So do you, do Is that, do you feel out of place? Do you feel, do you have a sense of belonging? Um, and also there's that you have to deal with the loss of the, of your foster family, and if, if and if, if it was a if it was a comfortable um, experience, then you're gonna miss that person. So, is there is there an emotional um, split there between between being part of, being part of that family and then being part of your your your, your birth family? Um, but then it's gonna be feelings of rejection, feelings of abandonment, um, cultural confusion um identity issues um and so all these things can can play out again in making healthy choices when you are becoming an adult trying to start your own family trying to start your own relationships
0: right so wow so you know so you that paper has been written yeah. by yourself and um elaine arnold and yeah um, you know you is sorry is that going to be turned to a book or you know what's the purpose of the
1: paper yeah it's just literally a um, a community resource because 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 a lot of there's quite a lot of academically orientated papers out there talking about what i'm talking about so Mm -hmm. in the sense what i'm doing is not necessarily new but i wanted to make it more accessible i wanted to make it so that people can read it and say okay i get it i can i can resonate with that and it's basically it's almost like a starter for ten for them to do more work if they if 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 if, if, it, if it speaks to them.
0: And and um, on that note, how do people get hold of you and how do they get access to these papers?
1: So the paper um, in terms of my social media is um, I'm on Instagram under kind of and uh, the flyer was that Kwame and Poker so it's Kwame and Poker Counseling is my Instagram handle. Um, my website is QuarmianPoker.com. And once the the paper is kind of completed and and, and published, and it will be accessible on the on the charity website supporting um, Doctor Elaine Arnold's website is going to be on on, on their website to potentially download all uh, access for people to if they if they found it useful to make a donation to, to that particular charity because they're doing great work in, in trying to support the community so that's that's that if, if they follow me on on instagram then once it's published it, it, i'll 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 make it known and people can um find a way of, of downloading it or they can email me and, and i'll be happy to send them a copy what's your
0: email address please Kwame?
1: so it's um perfect it's um, kwamiapokercounseling uh, at gmail.com okay awesome
0: awesome um, wow. You know, um, I wanted to ask you about, you know, gun crime amongst yeah. our young people. Um, you know, have you got any experience of speaking to young people who's, who's been involved in gun, gun crime, you know, and uh, also what's your thoughts on why this is happening? So, you know, why is this so widespread across, you know, across the country?
1: It's. I mean, so it, this is uh, this is not my my um, professional realm, so I can only give my kind of okay. gen- general 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 observations and experiences. Um, I have kind of spoken. I've spoken to people who work in who work with young people in relation to knife um, crime and doing doing initiatives and social initiatives around that. Um, so there is. It's a multi. It's a multifaceted. Uh, issue, really. It stuff to do with social, social, the social conditions leading to um, it, it, kind of these expressions of unhealthy behaviours. There is the kind of pain begetting more pain, there's trauma leading to more trauma, there's kind of a, how much of these kids are experiencing PTSD, how much of these kids are um, experiencing a situation of kind of um, feeling a, a sense of hopelessness and 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 trying to reassert their power um, um, dr. Jo grew would talk about um, vacant vacant self-esteem and how that plays out in in um, and the behaviors of kind of the issue of respect and how much respect becomes such a, a, a currency within certain social circles that people are being killed because of lack of respect because they haven't paid they've have, they've disrespect to somebody or um, they haven't given somebody the the right level of acknowledgement in some way. Um, there's also the aspects of social media in terms of how. Going to ask you
0: about social yeah, media and the young, uh, yeah. yeah.
1: So, so, how much a lot of these, a lot of, let's say, these um, things are happening are being amplified by social media that lead into violence as well, because social media captures almost people's um, people shame, people's people being disrespected humiliated um and that and, and if that's put out in, in social media and it goes viral mm-hmm. then the feelings of the level of shame that the the the, the, the uh, boy particularly boys are are experiencing mm-hmm. obviously go through go through the roof so this there's, there's then is there then a need to to make make themselves feel better by retaliating by so this is there's, there's That level of it, and then obviously there's aspects of of organised crime in terms of all the things that happening through the counter lines and how people are being are being groomed to to work for um it's it's effectively criminal um um organisation. But then it's how are how are the victims of these groomings also being being enticed because of because they are vulnerable and why they're vulnerable is because they're coming from certain social family backgrounds. So. So you've got you've got that aspect of it as well um so that's why it's uh it is a a public health issue rather than a criminal a criminal justice issue in, right. in my in, in yes. my opinion and it's something that's been articulated by um like a prominent speak on it like um Arcala, who, who's spoken about it eloquently yes, in terms of in terms of it being a, a public health issue which which is something that i, t- I totally agree with
0: <laughs> Wow! Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a big one. That's a, a subject all of its own. And thank you for tackling it, even though it's not the area that you you work in. Um, you know what? I what I'd like to to ask you, um, Kwame, is just to talk us through. Okay, we we've heard all these issues, and I always like to um, try and take things into a positive direction. So, sure. Um, so there's a, a lovely couple planning to have their baby what yeah. would you say what would you say that you know um, we, we can do to help the unborn child you know and then take them into you know toddler stage and you know so that this child from one to seven has got the best possible start,
1: we'll start. ever yeah. yes okay so I will okay, I will give myself as an as an and I'll use myself in, in answer that question so when um, when I was planning to get married. Me and my wife now we did have couple counselling um, because I felt that it was important because um, we let's say we both didn't come from two parent families for in one for in in, in, in our own different ways. So I was minded that okay, even though we, we love each other and, and we want we want the best for each other, obviously the best for our relationship, our personal experiences cannot but shape how we are going to be as a couple. So therefore it was it was I felt it was it was useful for us to to um to have to have couples counseling for us to talk through things and to kind of get become make conscious what our experiences um has shaped us and 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 will probably tr- trigger us to in, in our relationship going forward in terms of how we deal with conflict, mm-hmm. how we how we negotiate um, certain stages of our relationship, mm-hmm. um, and likewise in terms of becoming parents. Again, um, if you haven't depending on your within, depending on your experiences of parenting if if it's good to again check in and say okay how my 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 experiences have shaped me in terms of what um, my influences are in terms of my parenting style so what what do i what kind of model parent what kind of modeling am i am am i am i going to exhibit (laughs) as a parent depending on my depending on my personal experiences so that's what i always advocate that if you are going to become a parent again go and go and see um, a family therapist or, or a couple of therapists just to kind of talk out loud what what experiences of, of your of your own parenting are and what and what you're likely to, to to kind of carry forward and what things might you also need to learn to do because part of therapy is part of therapy is actually what you've been through and how that shaped you but' it's also what also what you haven't experienced and how that might have shaped you as well so does that make sense? Yeah, if so I say what's that?
0: lacking? What you didn't get that you probably yeah. needed? Yes, I can yeah. hear
1: that. Yeah, so from a, let's say from a, a relational point of view, if you didn't grow up with, with hugs and kisses, um, you don't know what it feels like for that to be your norm. Wow. So when you are in a relationship and maybe your partner is tactile and says, why don't you ever hold my hand? or, But in, in your mind, because, because it's not your norm, you just don't think to do it.
0: Wow.
1: So... That's something that you might need to learn to do, not because you don't want to do it, but because it's just it's just not in your in your in your frame of thinking, because it wasn't because it wasn't it wasn't your norm. So because so likewise, as parenting wise, if you haven't experienced something, then you you, then, then you don't have it as a resource to draw on. So you might need to learn it to you might you, you might need to learn to do it proactively rather than something that comes to you intuitively.
0: Right. Yes. So you you you're conscious that you need to do it, even though maybe it's not the the go-to thing that you would normally go. Yeah. You know what, Kwame? Yeah. I mean, what I want to ask you. I've heard that it, um, child, for children to thrive, they need about twelve hugs a day. You, adults need hugs as well, but maybe not at that level. Is that true? Is there a certain I, amount?
1: I, <laughs> I, no, that's to be honest I read, um, I read, and, and um, I, I feel like there is something around the um, repetition. It's like um, there's something to do. There's something to do with there's something to do with um, repetition. Likewise, like you have to do something so many times for it to become
0: annoying. second nature. Yes, you're
1: happy. It so becomes habitual. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. So this all so it is literally about the lived experience and how and how that shapes you. Mm-hmm. So for for and particularly um, kind of going back into parents and parents and parenting, 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 parenting um, like what when you start doing something proactively. Your child doesn't know whether doesn't doesn't know that you're trying to do it as like as uh, as as something that you're trying to do. They just experienced it, right? So yeah. So sometimes when we give, if you're from a, a single parent family mm-hmm. and you go in, and and you are married and you're and you're um, a two parent family for your for your child, yes. in your mind you know what you've been through and what you went what you experienced and didn't experience. What you didn't, your, yeah yeah your child doesn't have that same that same frame frame, 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 frame of reference sorry so whatever you do will be a positive the fact that they will see the um, the 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 parents in a healthy or ideally healthy relationship Mm -hmm. that would just be their norm
0: wow yes isn't that isn't that wonderful to be able to to give that gift to your child when you're conscious that your own past you know you you know because we have to understand that and i think what you're saying correct me if i'm wrong that Mm. we don't just pass down our dna you know such as you know physical attributes and what have you but we also pass down you know things that you know we didn't receive or that we're lacking and that can impact our children and you know and the generations you know to come so you know that's really powerful that you've been able you know you've done that you've consciously done that and um um, I, I would say from what you know, that is something that people, you know, could be thinking about. Um and it does impact in a positive way, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, no definitely.
0: What would you say then, Kwame, to people who may not have you know, they've still got small children or you know yeah. but they didn't know this that, you know, you're saying today and they're listening and they're thinking, Oh my god, you know, can I can I remedy this situation? What can I do now to change that? What would you say to those to people who may want to know?
1: There's 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 it's never too late it's never too late um, there's there's uh, again to get to get technical in terms of neuroscience they talk about neuroplasticity which basically means that which basically means that the brain can always grow and to uh, and to create new pathways and to and as, as a result sort of, of um, new learning so as parents as we learn we can always infuse it into our relationships we always have to be we always have to it that it will take work because if that child has been used to you being doing things a particular way and then you start doing trying to do something different mm-hmm. obviously that's going to take time but to then so
0: absorb it yeah
1: yeah yeah so if you don't Kind of kiss and hug your child, and I'm suddenly start saying, "I love you, I love you." They're like, <laughs> uh, they're like, "What's wrong? With you? Well, yeah, like, what's wrong
0: with mum today? What's exactly, wrong with dad today?" <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. So, yeah, so with that in mind, is is if you are if you realise that actually it would be good to start doing something, then you have to be consistent uh-huh. with it uh, and, um, and implement it. And, yeah. and with children, the thing with, around parents and that to talk about is consistency, predictability and 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 yeah those those are things being constant being consistent um it's not being consistent like 100 percent of the time but let's say eight percent of the time Mm -hmm. like as long as as long as you it creates um what what they call is secure attachment or good enough parenting will create more 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 often than not a sense of 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 secure attachment is when parents are not consistent one day they do this another day they they do this they, they feel they, they might let them down even stuff around timekeeping where mm. there's like oh um, a parent will say I promise to do this and then they don't do it and then after a while what does the child the child then might, might start thinking I can't trust your word I can't um, trust,
0: issues. Yeah. trust
1: issues because it's like okay so then how does it play out in future relationships do I trust people if I can't if you can't if you have if you ever had experience of trusting unconditionally or trusting within your caregivers or your parents then, then, are you gonna put? Are you gonna assume that everybody else is is um, untrustworthy? Mm-hmm. Um, it may sound irrational, but quite often it's actually well. If that's your if that's your core imprint, then you go into the world thinking, you know what? I need to, unless I. I the way the way I put it is is quite often people think, okay, until you, you show me that that you're trustworthy, mm. I'm not gonna trust you. Yeah,
0: they don't put well, the trust first.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not, exactly
0: you have to show um, me first
1: and I'll yeah you have to show me first but then the question becomes what in your mind is your it's your benchmark what is the threshold quite mm-hmm. often people don't know so so they might say I, I, I need to show you I need I need to sh- I need to see that I can trust you but quite often they're not even clear what that benchmark is for them to say okay I definitely trust you yes um, you could just be
0: going you, you could be in ho- doing hoops yes exactly and exactly it's like, nah, nah, still like
1: exactly. <laughs> Uh, and then quite often, when you have secure attachment, is the idea that actually, until you give them a reason not to trust you, I take it that you are fine, that you are trustworthy. Mm-hmm. So that's more that's a place of of freedom where actually you are you, not suspicious, you're not you're not um, anticipating that someone's going to do you wrong. You it's not it's not it's not a naive kind of like kumbaya kind of thing mm-hmm. of, of of everyone no one's dangerous, but is the idea that actually you use your judgment and say mm-hmm. this person I think is 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 okay until they show me otherwise, I have no reason to doubt them. Yes,
0: which is the, the healthy way to to, to go through life. But of course, as you yeah. just said, you know, if, if you didn't have that grounding, you know, it's hard to kind of know how to you know, find that balance and find the trust. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah, so going back to your question, it's essentially is, if parents kind of through either because these days there's so much stuff on youtube there's so much stuff on instagram there's so much books out there if you read something that resonates with you that you want to start doing is the fact that you have to apply it and be and be and be consistent with it and and so so that the child it becomes second nature to the child and particularly the older the child is the more the more they're going to be used to you being one particular way so if you If you want to start doing something different then you may even have to talk to them and say, "I recognize that you know what I've done this previously in the past, that may not have been great, um but i'm going to try and do this from now on and then try and th- and then, and then and then try and be consistent with it
0: that's that's beautiful um so it's all about consistency developing a, a healthy habit, and yeah. also you know children are you know children will you know kind of adapt to yeah. whatever's going so really it's about creating like you said consistency predictability you know creates that um you know that that trust for them for children and it makes and it it makes them thrive in that environment because they they trust and they feel safe and uh,
1: exactly they
0: know they pretty much know every day what to expect
1: exactly but it's the
0: interruptions and unexpected behavior that yeah
1: Exactly, so, and sorry, and and, that's ahead,
0: and
1: you kind of put, you kind of put the nail on the head is is essentially for me, parenting is that how do you create the right conditions for your child to thrive? Mm, soil,
0: yeah, yeah and,
1: and, and, and that's day. where and that's where quite often our personal experiences, our cultural experiences may give may tell us that these are the seven things that we need to do. But for me, is that like you have to we have to reevaluate and say actually, just because we've always been told this, <laughs> is this is this the right thing though? so it's give us an, ex-
0: give an example
1: um let's say culturally even even though not just in black in in in, in black communities but basically but culturally back in the day some of them might say oh children are meant to be seen, seen oh and yes not heard. <laughs> yeah I remember no. that yeah yeah so is that sense of well, actually yes um there needs to be boundaries within personal between adult and children relationships mm-hmm. but actually is that is that the best way to to, to nurture a child is it is it is the best way to nurture a child to make to make, to, to make them fear you mm-hmm. um yes mm-hmm. there needs to be firm boundaries but but is it should it be based on fear should your relationship yes. with the child be fear-based where some people were beaten not just like smacked, but, but <laughs> what so the be awesome. yeah yeah so is these kind of, is, so is that kind of stuff well, actually but for that person they might be saying well that's what I went through that's what and it didn't do me any harm or it made me the person I am now mm-hmm. well actually just because it happened doesn't mean that it should have happened just because yeah so it so just because it we don't have to
0: repeat that um, ignorance from you know back you know and we don't we don't even know where that beating would have you know started from. Many, yeah. many 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 yeah. generations back
1: yeah exactly um,
0: and um you know it could have started from a very you know awful place if, if that if that makes sense
1: yeah and even um and i've mentioned a name a name a few times but even um like joy Joy yes. DeGru, she talks about that in terms of in um in the black american lesser families where they may um they may denigrate their child by saying, "Oh no, my son, my son's not that smart. My son's not that that great." Mm-hmm. But she was saying that for from a intergenerational inter- trauma, it was a way to downplay the attributes of their child because they didn't yeah. want to child. Mm-hmm. No, but no, it was more case of if the child was seen as good, then they might be they're more likely to be sold. So oh, right, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Wow. So
0: they had so, to make them less than to yeah. yeah. Wow.
1: So then, so then, culturally, that becomes normalised in terms of not praising your child, not desired. Because oh, when you might have, let's say, different cultures coming together, we might, oh, my son's doing this, my son's doing this. No, 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 he's not doing that. He's he's fine. He's not. He's he's okay. Uh, but it's almost like you minimise, um, like culturally, some people might 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 minimise. Um, just, just how well, how bright the child is, or or, or 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 how good they are at certain things. And she was saying that from from the Black American experience, mm-hmm. it was a way to not, it was, it was a way to not to put attention on their child and therefore make them valuable to to be to, to be sold. Um, and then it's like, okay, how does that potentially get 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 normalised within 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 the community over generations mm-hmm. where it just becomes normal not to praise or or not to kind of gush over your child. Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know it's funny as you say that it's so funny how automatic behavior is you know running running our lives and it's yes. its like when you're talking about this consciously if you said that to somebody who does that they would be like wow i'm doing that but it's it's so automatically passed yes. down
1: Definitely. yeah.
0: which i don't think we kind of think about you know really in life because you know life just, yeah. life is just going on isn't it so people are getting up yeah. And they yeah. don't really realise how much of their behaviour is automatic. And when exactly. you question it, you realise, this doesn't make sense. Why am I doing Yeah. How can, yeah. how can we bec- become more conscious? What would you say? Um, I, I was going to you mentioned about books, and I was going to also ask you, what books would you recommend? And are you yourself going to write a book? I've asked you so many questions there. I you? know, I know. Um, just take what you can. <laughs>
1: i mean i think these days books wise because I, I, I was i did a podcast with, uh, recently and, and somebody asked me about books as well and i was, oh, I was stumped for, for books because i've i've kind of taken in so much information but i don't necessarily i mean i've got books that i've read when i was doing my, my training and 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 I, and I read so many different articles and I, and I listen to so many talks and so many lectures so it's hard for me to put down to one particular book um but it's literally just um just I think I think anyone needs to kind of look around issues around um, trauma um, and just um, issues around trauma, issues around um, particularly being black in a in a kind of being African diaspora, right. the impact the impact of being uh, of of racism of internalised racism um the yeah so for me it's hard for me to put sorry I'm, I know I'm being vague but it's hard for me no, to, no, to no, put a no. book down but yeah. I've kind of I've I've taking in so much information but it's hard for me to articulate to say one particular book of does course, it all um, but it's also a journey i think once you once you start like kind of like listening to certain things and you're listening to certain people it kind of puts you on it's almost like when you read a book and then mm-hmm. you go through the references and you see oh, okay that that book looks, looks interesting yeah, and so you let, me try, yeah, let me get that
0: next yeah, okay. yeah yeah
1: yeah it's kind of following the threads that are. but once your your mind starts it starts to become almost like start to become conscious you realise that you start you start taking in you start seeing posts maybe on on Instagram now you know oh, that's that's a, that's, a, that's an interesting clip let me see the whole speech let me see the whole mm-hmm. let me see the whole let me see the whole talk and then somebody might say okay I read this book and that inspired me and you know like, okay what was that book about so I think is literally having that curiosity is I think curiosity is the great start point it's like if, are you are you curious to understand yourself more understand the world more and then from that. That you you kind of gravitate towards certain 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 material um from, from there
0: okay so yeah that's a very good um very good um advice there <coughs> um and you know i love speaking to you i could speak to you all day about the mind because you're so you, you know you're so yeah. knowledgeable and uh, every time i speak to you it's like you you're up another notch and it's like wow you know it's 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 amazing um, what I'd like is just to leave the last. You know, if you've got anything you want to, you know, you want to say or anything you want to, you know, you want to highlight for people to to go and you know check that you're you're involved in. But yeah, what what would you like? What would you like? What would you like to say?
1: Um, definitely, kind of um, keep posted on the. On the information sheet that that I'm doing, mm-hmm. um, and once that comes out, I'll, be, I'll, pop, I'll, I'll definitely send you a copy as well. So once, it's, once, once so you can share it, you can share it to interested parties. But essentially, is for me is is for people to is to almost do an inventory of of their life experiences and do the work of healing. And I think because these days there's a lot of conversations around kind of things around you know. Um, and like money goals, and in, and intergenerational wealth, mm-hmm. and 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 all that kind of stuff, making money, and businesses, and being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. But your psychological and your mental health is is the.